Hello and welcome to The Optional Podcast, episode number 195 for the week of February 17th, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment, recorded each week from New York City, and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world. And right into your listening device of choice. As always, I'm Paul Tamayo, and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. Yeah, man. Reporting live from Black History Month. Oh, that's right. Smack dab in the yeah, middle. Word. How was your Black History Month? It's been, it's been pretty great. Uh, you know, continuing to try to surround myself with nothing but black excellence. Hell yeah. Try to absorb some of, at least some pointers. <laughs> How about you, man? It's been good. Um... We just what what Valentine's Day was the other day. I hope you guys had a good Valentine's Times Day. Word, um, I like saying it like that. Some hearts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's been it's been uh, it was nice actually. Yeah, uh, I we didn't have any plans because we uh, thankfully my partner doesn't really care too much about it. But That's dope. Um, got to meet one of our favorite writers slash podcasters slash adult entertainers. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, the I got to meet her a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember. Dope. I was so jealous of it. You, you put it up on like Instagram or something. I was yeah. like, oh, that's so wild. But yeah, she's uh, she's amazing. She's she's a, she's a real cool person. Real cool person. Legendary. One of the like podcast pioneers in New York. Fellow New York legend. Yeah, we're you know what I'm saying facts. Uh, facts, facts, facts. But yeah, no, it's it's been a nice, a light week, I would say. Um, nothing too wild. You know what's wild? Part. I think, if I'm not mistaken. She used to work at Barnes & Noble Union Get Square. out of here. I swear to God, like way back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. That's wild. Because I, that just came back to my mind. Oh, because you, you met her at, at the at Yeah, Barnes, I met her right? um, like when she did her book signing. She's been there a couple times. Uh, but her second one, I was able to like uh, get a book signed and uh, nice. chat with her for a little bit. Um, but I remember that like my friend, he had been working there for years. And he was like, oh, is that... Awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, apparently she only worked there for a very short amount of time. But wow. Yeah, apparently that's just, that's small. If I'm world. remembering that correctly, I could be wrong, but you and Asa Kira alumni. Alumni. That's wild, man. Barnes and Union Square alumni. That's wild. Uh yeah, no, it's been it's been kind of a nice, nice week of sorts. Uh kind of working on some fun things at work in the making. Also, I forgot to turn the heater off, so I'm gonna do that in a second. Yeah. But uh um, point. <laughs> yeah, you know, the people can hear what the real audio, yeah, the real audio of the apartment. But um, yeah, no, I've actually been, I guess, just jumping right into what we've been playing. So Dreams officially launched uh, on Friday, the 14th. Yeah. Uh, it's been in early access for like for ages. Minute, yeah. yeah, for ages. And I'm actually like, in my mind, it's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. I, I, I know like the early access betas was, was pretty easy to get into. But for me, it felt like I'll just wait until it's easily accessible. Yeah. I don't have to like sign up and mm-hmm. wait or whatever. Um. And I think I think from what I gather, a lot of folks might sort of think the same way or maybe have felt the same way because I didn't really like I, you know, I'd seen the standout levels that would come out of like, wow, look at this thing that this person made or this person recreated, you know, Metal Gear, Metal Gear or whatever. Yeah. But um, or like look at this cool animation or song this person made. But I wanted to just sort of wait, which I did. I finally got a code earlier in this week and I started playing like just the introductory levels, a couple of the media molecule made ones, which are like really, really solid to play because it gives you a, uh, a strong understanding of the capabilities of the of the engine. So for those who don't know, Dreams is basically a, a, like a, it's a game engine. It's a game engine, but it's also like a it's a tool set full of different things you can you can sort of make with um, with the game. So you can either make 
different types of games, different genres. I've seen like first person shooters. I've seen kart racers. I've seen rhythm games, uh, you know, visual novels, RPGs. Like I've, I've obviously seen like the uh, recreations, you know, Final Fantasy seven, all the hits, Metal Gear Solid, Mario 64. And you can also just make like landscapes. You can just like put a camera down and, and just make a scene and, uh, you know, put music, put a, put effects, lighting, whatever you can make. Um, you can basically make whatever the hell you want. It's it's actually incredibly robust in a way that I wasn't fully prepared to absorb. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is actually A, overwhelming, but B, really inspiring. It makes me want to learn it really well. So I've been doing a lot of the, the tutorials. You know, I've been trying to learn uh, just how people are putting things together. I've also been playing way more than I have been creating because in these kinds of games, I tend to be more of like a player than a creator. And uh, I don't want to be a player. No more. No more. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Big up yourself. So, yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to, I made one level in Mario Maker and that's all I did. And I was like, I want to make more. I never got around to it. But dreams for me kind of like, I don't know. It it excites me in a, a bunch of different ways because again, seeing what is possible with the, with the engine and that tool set is actually really inspiring and, and, and mind-blowing in so many different ways. But I also just like want to maybe just make things for the sake of making things. And there's a very interesting place to come from or at least think inside of because there are times where, you know, even when I'm in my own personal life, I'm thinking about like, oh, what are some things I want to get back into? I want to get back into photography. I want to like kind of make music on the side. I want to do, uh, I want to write screenplays, which are all things I sort of do on my own time, but I don't necessarily have an end goal for those ideas. They're just like ideas for the sake of creating ideas. Yeah. And I think it's important for creative types to have any sort of outlet that lets them do that because those sort of throwaway ideas can can just sort of become the foundation for another idea much later down the road. And um, I do think that there is also like, you know, it's the, it's the sort of, I don't know, the, the, the modern, mentality of like everything needs to become a startup or everything needs to become yeah. content or part of the brand trademark right. and i feel like uh there are times where even like my partner will have to check me and be like you know what why don't you just make it just to make it and i'm like oh yeah i forgot about that like i could just make something and not have to sort of yeah you don't d- have to publish anything yeah i don't have to publish it or i don't have to like try to sell it in any way it's just like i think that's when the best ideas come about when you're just yeah. doing it just to do it and right. it's like it's kind of like our show right Right. It's like, yeah, we were already talking about this shit amongst our friends. Right. Me and you always, you know, we'd want to do it like yeah. 10 years. Yeah, earlier. right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, it's like, oh, yeah, if you put it out, it can be cool, but it's not necessarily the reason. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it took me a while to actually <laughs> get to the place where I could sort of start to do it regularly. And yeah. even then it was like a, you know. It was hard at first. Like right. the those first episodes were like crashing my computer, and like we were finding weird ways We've to lost record. A couple of episodes. We've definitely lost. There's some <laughs> lost episodes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a journey of sorts, but I do think there is something beautiful, like you said, in just just creating for the sake of creating and You're like flexing a muscle. It's like yeah, working out. exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I think um I kind of and again I like. There's been a discussion. I still haven't read that Vice Games piece by Cameron Kunzelman. Shout out to Cameron. Another, to another Cam, Cameron. Yeah. Um, that I still haven't read that. I want to like read it after the show because I wanted to sort of get my thoughts out there and, and as, as an experiment mm-hmm. to sort of like coagulate them first without right, any, any influence, outside yeah. influence. Yeah. And I think 
where I'm coming from is I think everyone should definitely be aware that if you're going to make something in dreams, whether it's an animation or, or a game or whatever, you technically speaking, don't do not own the rights to it. You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the legal jargon or, or how that the terms of service work or whatever. And there's really no way outside of just saving it to your PlayStation to export it or back it up right. in some way. So I think everyone should go into that knowing that's the case, right? Like this is not really yours. It's not yours. It's yeah. like one of those intellectual property agreements that you sign at your job or some shit. It's totally. Like, technically, if you do this while you're working at this that place, shit's ours. It's ours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's be careful real shit. with that stuff. Yeah. And be careful about using computers mm-hmm. or, or equipment at your job because they'll be like, oh, actually, you know, you recorded the podcast here. Yeah. Well, shit, right, this shit is mine right. now. Exactly. So I've been also very wary of that kind of stuff in, in the past, especially. But yeah, for sure. Um, I do think, so I think once you know that and you're okay with that, I think you have to sort of wrestle in your own self, you have to weigh the the pros and the cons, right? Yeah. I think as a tool set, I think it's really amazing. And I think it sort of democratizes a lot of tools and uh, engines and, and idea and, and things that are like hard to execute if you don't have a computer or if you don't have uh, even a laptop or anything. Like if you don't have any, any of that official or um, sort of traditional, I would say, quote unquote, traditional training then a lot of those ideas are just like, man, maybe one day, I don't know, who knows? Right. And, you, and you never get around to it. But I do think there is a beauty in allowing those tools to be given to somebody to just start to think in that way right. and to start creating. Because like I was talking about this with uh, with Heather the other day in my office. I was like, because she had brought it up too. Like what are the, but her, her sort of, um, I mean, I guess, I can, correct me if I'm wrong, Heather, but I think her major concern was like, what are the steps being taken to, um, back these things up or like to, to, you know, to offload, export these things because, you know, if the servers go down or dreams dies tomorrow or if they do like a Nintendo, just start deleting people's shit. Right, right, right. What does that mean? That's, that's also very, very scary. Right. So I do think, um, that's a valid concern. I think if you're making things in dreams, I would even say just record it on your PS4 at the very least, right. like record video of it. Cause then like, Cause I, who knows? Yeah. They, hopefully the, the, blo- you know how they block certain recordings for certain yeah. parts of games so yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure that's available. yeah I, I haven't seen that yet so yeah. I, I think if i run into that that, that would be scary too because they could just flip that switch right yeah. so i think once you once you are okay with that i think once you're also okay with the fact that like then there was then there's like the argument that we we actually were talking about a little bit in the discord as well which by the way the discord has been on fire yeah, recently. shout out to the discord shout out to the discord shout out to chase and sam for uh, holding it down especially when i'm like super busy at work yeah I mean, um fucking work <laughs> yeah no it's so there's we had a discussion about you know what if you come up with like the next rocket league idea and then you know ea steals that idea and i'm like well that's essentially what happened to PUBG, right like the i the you know this sort of the world we live in nowadays if you have an, a really strong idea and you're not necessarily the first especially within the games world there there seems to be no shame in just sort of ripping something off and taking it for yourself and and making it your own and it's like one thing to do it and then to like like in a PUBG situation, it was like, yeah, there was Battle Royales before that, but they were the first to do it right. Right. And make it good, you know? Yeah. and Because like, all this stuff exists in Arma and all that shit. And, right, 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 right. But no one's really paying attention to you wrap it up in a nice bow and put it out. So, yeah. Yeah. And and on top of that, because I, I remember the first time you showed me PUBG, I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen this before. This is so refreshing and exciting. And... Even then, after the after the success that PUBG had, they were trying to lock things down by like you know filing lawsuits mm-hmm. and, and trying to you know 
claim that they were infringing on copyright ideas and stuff. Like, but like UI shit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And nowadays it's like, who cares anymore, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you just rip something off. Like, I mean, Fortnite is the 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 king of doing that shit. Oh where my like, god, I saw a post though. This is kind of a sidebar, but they were like, they have a new Rick Astley dance. I was about to say, yeah. They're paying that dude. They're paying him, but they're not paying all the other rappers they stole <laughs> yeah. dances from. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's like nowadays I think you have to be okay with that. But I have seen the sort of like the folks who don't give a shit. Yeah. I've seen so many examples on the spectrum of like people who are just creating to create. And they're just like, look at this cool. I saw one that was so beautiful. It was like um, like a city street, like a, like a corner. And it was like a theater or something. And then there was like just city you know, just a city at night and it was raining and there was music playing and that was it. It was like nothing to do but just sit there and watch it. You could even just put it on in the background if you wanted. And then there are people who are like, here's my Twitter, here's my YouTube, here's my whatever. And they're being like industrious about it. They're being very like, you know, yeah. business savvy in that way of like, I'm trying to promote the brand. Like this is the brand, this is your way in. So for me, it sort of feels like, and this is not a perfect one-to-one comparison, but it feels like Twitter or Instagram or TikTok even where it's yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna make this video on TikTok and it's always gonna have that end bumper on TikTok, but it lives on TikTok, but then you can still export it and throw it into like Twitter or you can put it on YouTube or Facebook yeah, or, whatever. or in your story or Instagram or whatever. Right, right, right. So like, but essentially like we're all basically borrowing platforms. Oh, absolutely. Even we are. Yes. Like we have our 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 show. It's like our content. We make it. It's 100% original. And, you know, I get 90, 99% original. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then like it's on Anchor, but, you know, shout out to Anchor, but then it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on everyone else's platforms. And if tomorrow they decide to switch the algorithm, then we're caught like, you know, trying to shuffle and, and <clears throat> scramble rather and just yeah. try to figure it out. So I guess long story short, I am extremely hopeful for dreams. I actually really, really like dreams. I think it comes with a big asterisk with the backup and, you know, copyright and, you know, whatever rights altogether. Um, but I, I think it's fascinating. Like the, the media molecule made levels, the, the one that's like the, the standout is art stream, which is this, uh, surrounds a character named art who used to be a, or he is a stand up bass player mm-hmm. as a part of a, like a, a group and he sort of loses his way in the band. He leaves the band and it's a journey in his imagination and in, in his like, uh, in his brain, all these other things where he's like um, trying to find his friends basically and, and apologize and, and make tr- come to terms with his own internal demons. Amazing, amazing, like voice acting, music, uh, character design, level design, uh, just so many amazing things. I played it on the stream the other night. Actually, I, I wound up playing the whole thing when I told myself I wasn't going to. And uh, it, it took me on such a journey that I was like, so, and, and that's kind of the point is like their media molecule are trying to, tell everybody look at what you can make using the tools but granted they're like masters they know how to do everything but i have been seeing like really amazing yeah pieces of work out there where it's like recreations again like i said portraits and paintings and how, stories how did they handle that is it like a server like you just see a bunch of lists of yeah. descriptions of what it is yeah so they're all like there's all i'm sure there's like back-end metadata that maybe even the user decides to to type in if Mm -hmm. if they're like uploading it i haven't necessarily i've only created like one thing but i just like did it just to get a tutorial thing yeah tools were like yeah exactly and i'm still i still want to work through all of the tutorials because i'm genuinely interested in trying to find out how they all exactly work so that way when i find levels that utilize interesting you'd be like oh i understand what they did there right right yeah because i mean beyond just like the 
oh, I'm going to make a mountain and I'm going to make a, a bridge and I'm going to sculpt the bridge and I'm going to make stairs and I'm going to make, you know, grass and trees and rivers. Beyond just that, you can actually like program. You can program logic into the level. So it's like there are levels where, you know, you step on a, a, a thing, for example, like a plate and it'll activate a thing. But within that sort of logic board, you can pull it open and you can you can sort of dictate very much like you you would sort of see in very introductory coding and programming classes where they're like little modules mm-hmm. like little sort of tiles and they and there's like strings that attach each of them so if this then that sort of uh, structure you can uh, really go in and, and choose whether that plate is a timer or if it's like a constant thing if it's like a if it's a counter if it'll count things so it's you know and I also used to work for a startup uh, that did a lot of very similar things where it was a hardware startup that was teaching uh, people of all ages to, to learn how to code and learn how to build and, and prototype things. So that's, that stuff is like right up my alley, especially as a son of a mechanical engineer who's always right. breaking things apart and <laughs> putting them back together. I'm super fascinated by that. And I think it, I think dreams is going to do a wonderful job way more than Mario maker, in my opinion of teaching the common folk, how these systems work, how they, you know, how they are designed, how, like where they come from. And it kind of relates to another question we're going to have later on in the show. But I think I hope that like my, my big hope is that people who play this game will start to really empathize and learn how tough it is to make games. Not, not only that, but also like where they're coming from, mm-hmm. ways in which, you know, your your brain is being played with in, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, you can go on like LinkedIn indeed and look at all these positions that these game companies are looking for. And you can see that some of them will require like X amount of years or, or this type of degree in, in psychology and, and um, all these all these kinds of things that are designed in a very specific way to keep your brain high of a certain, right. you know, chemical right, and, right. you know, feedback loop and all these other interesting terms. So I think that Dreams is going to teach a lot of folks out there how these things work, but also like which ones do it well, like, you know, because th- there are some very basic you know, platforming games that are that are easy to, not easy, but straightforward to create and recreate, right? So it's like, I've seen so many platformers already that are like really cool, have really compelling worlds and characters, but the ones that make a really cool twist to it, the ones that really play with the, either the fourth wall or they play with like uh, concepts that are, you know, like time mm-hmm. or, or like the ones that stand out, those in my opinion will hopefully bubble to the top and we'll start to see a like a scene grow around dreams in the way that like you know there's still a scene around Minecraft or No Man's Sky or whatever like there's still people making mods for Skyrim or or The Witcher 3 like yeah. i think this will sort of open the floodgates in more ways than one where like i mean how many PS4s have they sold by now like right. billions of them let me ask you who, who do you think this is for i think it's for everybody man yeah I, i'm like i'm sort of the like i'm quickly becoming a an evangelist for this game again because i've avoided it for so long and it's i guess all hitting me at once but mm. um i really do think it's for everyone i think if you have a genuine interest in um i mean i i have a very very real interest in the ways in which people create things especially from a player standpoint so like i love watching you know even dashy play user-made levels right. or um you know, seeing what weird mods pop up in Red Dead 2, because you're like, right. oh, there's like, there was a story, I think, earlier this week. Excuse me. Bless you. Ooh, had to burp that one out. <laughs> um, there was one about, like, some some folks have been modding in, like, two-headed, skeleton, two-headed skeletons, yeah. and they just fist fight you, and they're hard to kill or whatever. 
I like that's hilarious to me because it's like you're introducing an element of chaos into a game and like I don't know the ways in which again it, it, people shake up like rules and yes yeah, break certain things and yeah. bend things and right stuff like and that. we saw that with like PUBG right where it's Absolutely. like it, it took an idea and it took it forward and it created a genre so yeah. like what are the new things that are on the so for me this feels like the uh, and I'm actually uh, low key like pre producing a show around this idea right now mm-hmm. so. Uh, nobody steal it please yeah, intellectual property yeah, and all yeah. that. I, I will sue you to the <laughs> ground i'm just kidding no i won't sue you yeah you will uh yeah well uh but it's basically about like you know diving into these worlds mm-hmm. and i think of them like like an ocean <laughs> like mario maker is like an ocean dreams is like an ocean you dive in minecraft minecraft yeah, yeah whatever and, and you're like looking for the things that are standouts because th- these are like like the murkiest parts of this this water, you know, this water that you would only find it here, and there's still somehow this exists. Yeah. Like this thing some took life. life. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird. This weird three-headed fish <laughs> that has like a light bulb know. on the end. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, what are those? It really does feel like exploration in, in in like the truest sense, where you're literally just trying to find really cool stuff. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about dreams. Um, shout out to Sam, uh, our. our discord mod she'd sent me a, uh, a level I've, I've been sending her levels now because i'm like when you find them you can send them you yeah can add them to playlists so that she posted about it on on twitter i was like oh i gotta check this out yeah it's really cool yeah. i mean i'm i'm very much into it i think if you're skeptical maybe you know sit it out and like wait to see if it comes because you know there's a very real possibility that this d- doesn't take off at all like we've seen so many sort of games like this do you think the idea around it is just to pique people's interest about that like you know like let people dip their toes in and be like, oh, I can make some cool shit. Like, is it just the accessibility of it all? Like, yeah, I yeah. wonder, I don't know. So, I don't know if they have an agenda there, you know? Like, I get super like, you know, fucking Elon Musk with the fucking, with the <laughs> joint, the fucking yeah. doofy ass fucking <laughs> expression on his face. Um, yeah, I think about it the way like, I mean, back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, but on the PlayStation 2, I used to play with, MTV music generator oh my God, yes, one or two of them like that. that. And it came with like preloaded songs, preloaded samples, like drum kits. Like you couldn't install anything into right. it. It wasn't like, you know, Ableton or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Um uh, or whatever people use. What the hell do I use? I forget I'm, I'm not, I haven't made anything in so long. Uh Oh yeah, I do use Ableton. I use, I use Ableton Live. But um Ableton. <laughs> We're not sponsoring the show anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, so it's it's like that music MTV music generator on the PS2 for me was like the first taste really of me getting like, and you know, I'd, I'd been using video editing software by then. So I, I'd, I knew how to create and I knew how to like make these systems right. or these, or use these tools. And it was just a way for me to just remix songs and just create. Cause I, I couldn't really like export them from the game. I couldn't do anything with them. If I recall, uh, recollect, collect. <laughs> recollect. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I also like, you know, Mario Maker, the same thing, and, and a, a bunch of different things down the road. I mean, I've also, like, I usually just learn, like, Adobe applications or whatever right. by just tinkering with them. And whenever I have an issue or a question, then I go to YouTube and I, like, look it up. And someone, some 13-year-old is like, all right, so this is how you, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, so that's basically how I tend to, again, I like to just rip things apart, figure out how to put them back together. Or, like, hey, there's a toolkit here. What can you make with it? I'll just make as I as I go. And mm-hmm. then when I'm like, I kind of need a tool that does this. Oh, it exists. Okay. Let me figure out how that I learns. Know, yeah. So I think for me, I'm what, what I'm hoping is that they are trying to tap into people's brains who might not otherwise 
do this stuff. Because for me, if I would have had this as a, a teenager or if I was even you know a little younger, I probably would have become a game developer right. or I would have become something different. Uh, the only reason why I went to film school in the first place, was, and I'll get, again, I'm going to get into this later on because it's a really good question, but um, was to just basically take those skills that I had learned, but also learn how to, because I was like learning from the outside in. I'd learned the, the, how to use the tools and stuff, but I, I didn't really have anything to fucking say. So going to film school was like learning how to figure out what the hell you want to say. And I think dreams is kind of that in a nutshell. I think a lot more people though, nowadays especially, have a better sense of speaking creatively from off like jump. So I've seen levels already that are like, wow, this is brilliant. Like I would have never been able to, also like there are times where I just want to make uh, a world to just explore. I don't want to actually have to, to, you know, think about a system of, you know, risk and reward or, or challenge. I just want to like, hey, I want you to walk around a childhood memory of mine or I want I want you to walk around what I think could happen yeah. or whatever. So that's what fascinates me too is like seeing how dreams evolves beyond just like, hey, I made a cool Mario-like platformer. It's like, what are people saying about current events? Mm. What are people saying about, what are they, you know, global political events? Like this, this could become real interesting really fast. And uh, it just really it depends on whether or not people have the patience to learn those tools, um, which I think keeping it in early access was, in early access was a smart move because they just basically ushered in all the creators and were like, Hey, you get first access to all this really cool material. And when we officially launch it, which they did on Friday, newcomers like me have so much to look at yeah. as like reference. Like we have the, the media molecule stuff, the media molecule made stuff, which is all phenomenal. And then you have the standout creators who are making, I mean, I saw somebody make the second floor of the PT demo. And to me that like, that blew my mind because I was like, I had never really considered beyond, you know, that point where you turn around and look up and, and there's like a yeah. guy looking down at you. I'd yeah, never, oh, there is a house. it's a house. It's a house. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a freaking it's a second, house. Yeah. Two story house. Somebody made a, like a game. They made Silent Hills, the game. And it's like crazy. super doofy, but it's, it's pretty hilarious. I, I didn't play the whole thing because I just couldn't bear it. But right. the idea that people have the tools to be like, you know what? I'm just going to make this thing. Mm-hmm. That is exciting to me because, um, I don't know. Who knows what that could lead to? Who knows what that leads to next generation, uh, current generation? Who knows what these types of games will inspire? I do think that like Media Molecule have learned a lot from the failures of Little Big Planet, even though that was a really great game and it had a lot of really cool user generated stuff. But um, I do think this is definitely taking that idea to a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, like I'll show you some after the show. But uh, after we record, but it's so, it's it's really got me like excited in a way that a game hasn't in a long time. It's super exciting. Like, yeah, it, it's definitely been in the background for me, but I never really was interested because I was like, I know it's going to be something that I'm not going to be like super like into. Like I have like curiosities on how games are made, of course, but I have no real interest in making them myself. Right, right. But this could be like really cool to just see see people's worlds and brains yeah you know yeah it's just like you know when i play like no man's sky or some shit going to somebody's planet and you're like well how the fuck did you do that no like, <laughs> right. i never thought about <laughs> yeah, that. yeah right right yeah. it just kind of expands your, your your mind totally totally yeah and i think like it's kind of prime and ready for the days of 
YouTube and Twitch and oh, uh, yeah, like I could see somebody doing like a Bob Ross stream where they're oh, like man. nice with the painting or they're like maybe there are like tips and tricks and all this stuff. There's like. going to be like YouTube mini series like people acting things out like there's going to be so many really cool things happening in this space that I'm like really excited to see. Um, and yeah, I like it's got me wanting to create uh, just as like somebody who sometimes just needs to make shit just to make shit because like we talked about the show too but there are times where I'm, i know i'm writing something and i know it's garbage but i just have to like get out of my system and yeah. uh just to like just to keep that muscle strong because like otherwise you know i'm like damn i forgot how to write a damn screenplay Yo, or pop that out of roll son <laughs> oh god we do not endorse <laughs> any drug use uh, i'm just kidding we kind of do sometimes yes, um yeah, other than that, I've been playing the, the usual suspects, uh, Yoku's Island Express, which is still good, continues to be great. I'm chipping away at that still. And then I played um, Coffee Talk. I heard about this uh, on Heather's recommendation, and because uh, she had written about it, and I was like, oh, this sounds really, really dope. And um, while Natalie was here last week, she was on the show as well. Uh, we were trying to find a game to play, and I was originally going to play this Animal Crossing PC game that's supposed to be in early access, but I think I misread it, and I think it's coming out in early access soon. Gotcha. Um, so we decided to just jump into Coffee Talk and, um, Coffee Talk is a game that's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac, and you play a barista or like an owner of a coffee shop who has customers come in, they sit down at the table, has a very cute, uh, pixel art aesthetic to it. And, um, it, it definitely feels like a lo-fi hip hop chill study beats whatever fucking youtube channel yeah it's like a coffee shop that's only open at night right yeah at midnight which like, makes no sense um and it actually while i was playing to, it, to the overnight workers word, word. <laughs> uh i was uh as i was playing it i was like wow this reminds me a lot of midnight diner and then mm. as we kept playing there was like so many instances of it being like midnight diner and because I, I say that because you are the owner of this coffee shop this barista people come they talk to you they confide in you there's like a writer who like it's it's weird though there's like a couple inconsistencies where like i mean thankfully i was playing it with natalie who was right next to me and we were like voice acting the lines it was actually a really funny video it's on youtube and it's on the site and everywhere um so we were like acting it out but there were like things where like the writer was like i don't know like weird things that made me feel like they were just taking guesses at how mm. publishing and and media works <laughs> and, so I was and like, then the store came yeah and yeah dropped it off and i'm just yeah I, you know i might as well just submit this book of short stories to the to the publishing company that also owns this media i'm like, like wait a mm. second is that how i mean sure why not Whatever. i don't know um but the the wildest one was that like it starts off with like these these wide shots of seattle september 2020 so it's like in the near future gotcha. and it's like um something about like uh you know people dream and then those dreams fucking you know like it was weird weird language and then it's like you know it's a post-racial world nice and then i, I was like huh what and then me, me and natalie were like post-racial i was like wow i guess i don't see color anymore i can't see any more color um and Everybody's then it goes colorblind it goes like one step further and then it's like oh, okay like i guess they're kind of setting the scene of this is basically uh, Natalie actually even said it in the video. She's like, "This is like Bright, the movie with Will Smith, because mm. it's like there are elves right. and orcs and uh, you know vampires and werewolves. So when they say post-racial, they mostly mean like human, the human race is and the, joined by yeah, other races, right? So we're like now beyond that yeah. point. Oh yeah, we don't see black so people. Hopefully, we're one human race, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> um, so it's weird in that way, God. but 
uh, and some of the writing is a little wonky in, in ways that like I we kind of laughed for more laughing at it than with it. Right. But I but I found that like it just hit a specific kind of note with me that that like I kind of enjoyed, mm-hmm. and I I was actually having a good time with it. It was like kind of that stuff aside. I thought it was kind of heartwarming and charming. What, I haven't. What? Sorry, what are the like main mechanics in the game? Like, so like, uh, for example, the writer she'll be at the bar and mm-hmm. she's like talking to you, and then she's like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm feeling a little sleepy or whatever. I kind of want this." And then she'll sometimes, like in the beginning, at least, they'll tell you, "Like, I want, an, I want an espresso." So you pull up your phone and you have like recipes in there. You can also change the music and I guess eventually read the articles that she writes. There's another thing there. Oh, there's like a social networking thing you can also access to like I guess creep on customers and find out what they like or whatever. Um, so they'll say like, they'll either tell you or they'll say like, Oh, I don't like the werewolf for example was like, excuse me, I'm super, I'm super gassy today. Um, the werewolf would be like, Oh man, I need something to calm me down. Yeah. So you know that like he's giving you like these context clues. So you have to like pick up on them and go, okay, I know tea and ginger will do the trick. So you give him that. And he's like, Oh, this is perfect. This is exactly gotcha. what I need. So that beyond that though, you don't have, at least from what I played so far, we only played like an hour and change. I haven't gone back to it since, but I plan on going back to it. Um, it seems like that is the extent of the challenge. I think you have to sort of remember that, you know, Freya, the writer, she likes espressos and this character likes green tea with whatever, um, or green tea lattes with art on top and you can like do the art. So there's like a li- limited amount of um, interactivity, but for the most part, it just kind of plays out like a, like a visual novel. Right. But you don't necessarily, at least from what I played so far, I don't know if things change. I also, I also haven't like read any actual reviews of it yet. So that's kind of on me, but um, I'm assuming it hopefully gets harder. I, I could be wrong. And it doesn't, it just sort of stays like that, which is why it reminds me a lot of midnight diner because Midnight Diner, for those who don't know, is like, also, I didn't really even know this What beyond just the Netflix series. It's a series of movies, uh, other shows, oh, wow. uh, manga, and like a bunch of different, it's like a, it's a, it's a franchise, it's like a storied franchise. Right. And um, in, the, in the way Midnight Diner works, it's just like this show. It's like, there's a, there's a diner that's only open past midnight. The, the master, he's, he's referred to, he doesn't have a name. Uh, people come in with their problems and their stories. And it's like every week is a different story about his customers and they come to him for advice. And he usually like is more of a, a, a like an ear. Like right. he, he just a, listens. He's just an observer. Yeah. He just observes. And then he'll just sort of tell them what they, they know they should do. So he just sort of helps push them, like nudge them across the line. And then they go do it and they thank him and like, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And there's like food porn. He makes like omo rice and shit like that. Right. So it's like, that's the, the the main gist of the show. And that seems like that's what's happening here in Coffee Talk. So much so that I like tweeted it out like that. And the developer responded like, actually, Midnight Diner was a huge uh, inspiration. So I was like, yes. Right <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, I'm so smart. Um, so yeah, it, it's if you like Midnight Diner, I would say check it out. Even yeah. watch the video that we did just to get a sense of it. Because uh, like it's an hour worth of gameplay. It it's really funny. Like we that's really funny. fucking handed it up. <laughs> I was like playing a vampire and I was doing it like a real weird voice. Um so yeah, I mean, I like it so far. I, have, I haven't really experienced anything too cringy yet, but I, I'm, you know, holding, not holding my breath either. Yeah. But I, I'm going to try to play more of it and hopefully finish it. It doesn't seem like it'll be a really long game anyway. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, I haven't played like a, like a visual novel in a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, uh, Usual Suspects, Apex Legends. Nice. I got another win though the night, which Whoa. I was really hyped about. And I was like, player of the game. What? I had like seven kills. Go to my YouTube I YouTube. do have a YouTube. I just put videos up there. Yo, go to his YouTube, man. Um, well, you, I'll link you in the description. I'm not going to link it, but <laughs> just go up there and you you can figure it out. 
If yeah. you know what my name is. Yeah, yeah. You know it. You'll figure it out. If you know, you know. You know, you know. Uh, so Apex Legends, still good. Everybody knows that. Um, and then new game I've been playing this week. Oh, I've also been playing Dragon's Dogma. The greatest Keeping game. Greatest game ever created. You heard it here. I'm going to drop a new soundbite. Uh-oh. You heard it here first on the... Uh, on the what? On the optional... Hey, That's right. So you already know what that means. Um, but yeah, that game's great. Um, and then I've been playing this new game. They just refreshed uh, Game Pass, added a bunch of new games on Xbox Game Pass, which is like the best thing that's ever happened to video games. Oh my God. Ever. Uh, besides Dragon Dogma. Um, <laughs> but it's a game called Frostpunk, and it's been out for like two years now. And uh, I think it came out for consoles like end of last year. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's like a real-time strategy city builder survival type game that you would find you know there's a hundred of them yeah, yeah. go on steam <laughs> yeah, yeah go on steam but the the main premise is like it takes the like real life events of like the um back in like the late 1800s there was a volcanic explosion uh, off of a uh, krakatoa in indonesia it was like one of the biggest like known Whoa. explosions in history like in human history besides like vesuvius and all that shit right literally <laughs> and uh so they they it picks up like right there where like this volcano causes like a, like a winter like a, a global winter because it's like so big it's like covering the sky and it's changing the it's atmosphere the shit. it's the matrix yeah so it's yeah. like it's freezing cold now and humans are just like ah oh, we have nowhere to go it's too many people it's too cold so like a group of people from london are like yeah we're gonna find a place to live so they head north in these steampunk contraptions. Nice. And they come across uh, this large generator in the middle of this like um, enclosed kind of like valley. Um, and they're like, this is our home. We're going to restart the generator. Mm. And that's the what you pick up. I didn't and know the backstory to this game. That's it's pretty. It's a pretty cool, sad fucking. Yeah. It's like, yo, the intro is like so depressing. Um, so it's like that. It's like that aesthetic of like, you know. London back in the like Victorian era kind of um very steampunky. Yeah, very steampunky and stuff like that. So the main mechanics of this game is to stay warm and to gather resources. Um and then you can also make laws and stuff. So uh you start off with like 50 people in total in your community and you have to get resources so you need coal for the generator, coal you need world. wood, <laughs> you need wood, steel, ore and stuff like that. So literally, like, you're just in this generator. That's where all your people live. And you click on, like, a, a mile amount of, like, coal. And you you can allocate um, the maximum number of people to, like, mine that um, ore, that coal. And it'll be, like, up to 15. So you literally see, like, the you click wherever you want to go. And you see the people, like, go out. And they, like, they're carving these paths in the snow, in this deep snow. It yeah. looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're carving out these paths, and they're grab, grabbing the stuff, and it adds to your resources. And then the game, like, will prompt you, like, hey, it's getting cold out. Start up that damn regenerator. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, I have enough coal. Start, Start the generator. And then you just see all this, like, the life come out, and you see the snow kind of melt around. Oh, it. It's nice. so cool. I was like, damn, this is really interesting. Um, I had heard very little about this game, uh, like, a couple years ago, and... Uh, so I was like, oh, you know, I don't have a PC, so I never really um, got to it. Um, and then deeper into that, like, you know, people get hurt. And uh, I know this part. You don't you don't work um, when it's nighttime because it's so cold. You can't really work. 
So you're like the mayor of this town. You're like the guy, um, the player is. And they task you with like making laws. So this is like, I've never seen this in a RTS before. Like where you like, they're like, hey, how about emergency working hours? Where like you could put this law in effect where if you want, you can gather more shit past sun, sun um, what do you call that? Uh, sundown. Sundown. So like that's really dangerous. Oh. But I can make my workers do that. And you have two like um, bars. There's like um, a bar where people like are, uh, I forgot what it's called, but when you're like sad and shit, like people are just, just like, like morale. Yeah, morale is like low. And then you have the, the other bar where it's like morale is high and they're happy and satisfied and stuff. And uh, so you have to like build these laws so you can like make children work and do child labor laws. It's fucking dark. So you could be man. like, all right, well, ch- children can work, but only in safe places. Morale will go down because you're making children work, but you're boosting up productivity, you know, predic- productivity and you're you're having this extra workforce Damn. that you can uh, add to your you know collective. And it's just so interesting that like, and you can choose not to do any of this shit. You can just be like, all right, well, I'm not going to fucking put any laws in. And then people will also like, it, the game will prompt you over time. They'll be like, oh, we need, we need uh, an infirmary. You You need to build a hospital or whatever. I'm like, well... How about oh, I, I make an infirmary? <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have to. I can make an infirmary and I can be like, yo, you can get fully treated there, but you may lose an arm because Ooh. they're not fully staffed there. It's like, yo, we don't know what else to do, but we're going to cut off. Chop your, that shit yeah, off. we're going to chop you. So it's like these weird fucking things that like Damn. you never really think about. And it's really like this game is a downer. <laughs> it's but it's fun. Like it's like I'm going to make this thrive. Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it makes you like feel like you have to survive no matter what. Um, and I've been enjoying it. I, I played for like an hour and change. Yeah, I'm, I'm only in the, like the first act of it. I guess there's a couple of different acts um, that you can. It's you right up your alley too, as the city skylines. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Are. Like a, bu- a buddy of mine from work, um, shout out to Alex. Um, he uh, <laughs> he just started playing City of Skylines, and we were talking about that shit and like geeking out. I was like, damn, I got to jump back into it. I was giving some pointers and stuff like that. But nice. Um, I would love this game, uh, Frostpunk, on on Switch. Oh. Uh, Cause I like definitely want to like take this on the go, but I, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. It looks nice. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The game is like really fucking scary and like just in the way that like, damn, yo, this is so morbid, it's grim. Yeah, yeah, it's grim, yeah. but it, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play it for a little while and see. Yeah. You know, I'll probably drop it off, but um, and I know for a fact that my first playthrough is gonna go in disaster. Awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I the the I only know a little bit about this game because the first year Gita and I did the um chill and stressful games. Mm-hmm. That was one of her stressful oh, yeah? games on PC. Yeah. It's a stressful ass game. It looks stressful as hell, man. Yeah, because you're there's all these different like icons and like people are getting sick left and right. You're like, what if who How the fuck is sick? getting sick? So they literally every character, like person that you all your workers are individually named and like oh, you can damn. click and you can go through and see their like their morale and see what they're actually doing like if they're resting if they're working if they're going to work if they're you know if they're in the infirmary getting treated like it tells you everything so you could be like all right i'm gonna take you off of this job because you're getting too caught up and it's it's pretty That's sick, wild yeah, and you're yeah. you're constantly waiting for the weather to change because you have to adjust the heat in your yeah. generator it's so cool though like i think you would kill this fucking game to be I would honest love like it. yeah if it was on switch yeah, it, it's one of those games like, damn, damn. like, 
I think more people should be aware of this game. Like, I don't yeah. think it got like a ton of like press or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess RTSs really don't. Get a lot yeah, of I, I remember they actually um, they came by our offices to show off uh, Children of Morda. Okay, yeah, and then also that's on there too. That's yeah. on Game Pass. Yeah. Great game, by the way. Yeah, I got to check it out. And you should definitely check it out. And also uh, Steam. Steampunk, right? Yeah, Steampunk. They showed it off oh, on... Uh, not Steampunk. Frostpunk. Frostpunk, yeah. They showed it off on uh, Xbox because they were showing off like how, you know, like they basically designed it from the ground up It worked again really on fucking controller. well on controller. Yeah. I was surprised. I was That's like, this awesome. is going to fucking suck. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of RTSs don't, you know, translate well on controller. But Right, right. I wonder if they like... I wonder what the deal is they have with Microsoft because, um, I mean, it's obviously on Game pa- Games Pass and stuff. I wonder if they have any flexibility to be like... Because I'm not entirely sure what, like, you know, the yeah, relationship they have. Yeah, because it would be great if they were like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of folks would be pumped to play Frostpunk on Switch. On Switch, yeah. yeah. I think that's like a really good thing for, for RTSs in general. Yeah. I think it is a little harder, but it would be cool to like use the, the screen actually to touch oh, and stuff. Because yeah. I don't use that at all on any of my games for Switch. Yeah, it's like very underutilized. Yeah, it's a fucking tablet, man. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> Nintendo? Yeah, let me use that. I'm sure people yeah. use it for like Mario Maker or some shit. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Mario Maker. Yeah, but I have a little stylus. Yeah, and shit. I, this would be cool because like you can just like, all right, I'm tapping there and add the people. Yeah, but it's it's just such a really cool game. Let, let me know if you like are playing this at all. If you've played it, uh, any tips maybe to get started? Because I'm like, oh shit, I got to build forty shelters for. All these people in two days, like it gives you like a task list that like people are going to fucking get mad if you don't get them shelter in four days. Like I got four days to get it like (laughs) really stockpile and, you know, yeah. yeah, That sounds exciting though. It's pretty cool. That's 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 awesome. Um, And that's pretty much all I've been playing. Nice. Uh, I know that I, I I turned on um, Modern Warfare the other day because they had an update, a fucking large one. Jesus. Oh God. It was like 68 gigs, but you got that that gigabit. gigabit. (laughs) It still took a long time though. (laughs) um it it took a long time that's the dopest drop um it took a really long time to download though um and then it it had to install and all the shit but they added a couple new guns they brought back um that level rust i think it was called it was from like modern warfare 2 where everybody Mm. used to do like uh one-on-ones back in the day oh yeah where it's like a really small map yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. that's back damn it's chaotic as fuck so i dipped into that and then there's like the rumors that they're dropping their battle royale soon Oh, yeah, I read that yeah, about that. Um, How you feel about that? I think it'll be cool because I really was into... Um, Blackout? Blackout, yeah. That was like... Blackout's fantastic. It's great. It's still really good. It's like, solid. I won't delete, uh, <laughs> you, know uh, you know, three because, like, I just maybe want to play that. <laughs> right, one, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. No, but I love... I played a ton of Blackout. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if it wasn't for Apex, I, I probably would have stayed oh, with I, Blackout. Yeah, absolutely. Apex came in and was like, fuck all yeah, that shit. Yeah, right. Apex is like, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. <laughs> uh, but I think it'll be I, cool. I make this look good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Jumping into news for the week. Uh, what, a, what an interesting week for news. Uh, NVIDIA says a misunderstanding led to Activision's departure from GeForce Now. So earlier in this week, um, NVIDIA's gaming uh, game streaming service, GeForce, I'm taking this from PC Gamer, by the way, um, it went live a couple weeks ago, I believe, and it, w- it was doing pretty well. Like people are pretty jazzed about it, you know. Despite it, you know, the caps and all this other stuff, it was other uh, weird limitations, but right. it's really good. It performs really well. I haven't really, I still haven't had a chance to really dig into it. But um, that being said, a lot of um, 
It turns out, according because of a, of a misunderstanding, an NVIDIA rep told Bloomberg that Activision wanted a commercial agreement in place before it agreed to participate in the platform, but NVIDIA thought the deal covering its participation in the GeForce Now beta test included the 90-day trial period for founders that began when the service launched. Apparently, it did not. So, um, yeah, they basically put out a statement saying that uh, due to a misunderstanding, they've removed any Activision games from their service, which is a huge bummer. Um, but I guess I kind of understand it from the business standpoint, but I also like, I think, man, how much cooler this would have gone if like no one knew about it, (laughs) you know, like now the mindshare people are going to be going after Activision's throw. I think, you know, in some ways, rightfully so, right? Like kind of a bummer that like people who might've been looking forward to playing, I mean, well, Destiny, thank God is not, not a part of that list anymore, but, um, I don't know some uh maybe like call of duty or whatever now they can't i'm like man i want to see what call of duty looks like with ray tracing on like nope nah now you can't don't do it yeah uh weird 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 stuff but um it's weird that like that wasn't like really ironed out right yeah it just seems like fuck man who fucked if it really wasn't misunderstanding it was like someone's getting uh, fired yeah i mean maybe not maybe not maybe not it was like yeah i mean it's like it seems like it's an obvious thing it's like well if this you know I don't know. Yeah, weird though. Very, very strange. Um, in our next story, this is an interesting one because it continues to sort of develop as we move forward. But Jeff Keeley put out a statement on Twitter saying, uh, I won't read the whole thing, but basically that... Um, <laughs> it's a rap for E3, bro. <laughs> it kind of is, right? So I'm actually glad I got to see it die. Um, so yeah, he's not going to uh, participate in E3 Coliseum. If you remember last year, he fucking brought out like Again, the second time I'm mentioning Elon Musk on the show, uh, he brought out a bunch of people to interview them and stuff. But yeah, it's it's weird to think about E3 without someone like Jeff Keighley yeah. supporting it to that to that extent. And you know, we we keep hearing about Sony not showing up and the ways in which the show like Nintendo still plans on going, but in a in a weird to a weird capacity. I'm not entirely sure, but it does seem like man, this does seem like the beginning of the end for E3. I think it's like I think E3 will live like we've talked about this plenty of times but like i think it will still live in a just a different way right like it's going to be a lot more separate it's going to be all online like don't don't come down here don't do it (laughs) it's really not worth it you're jamming up the city yeah it's like it's one of those things it's a fire hazard yeah (laughs) i think it's like yo we just kind of i think it might be for the better to like to make it i mean if it even if they still have it at staples center like it'll be a lot smaller a lot less people will come. Maybe they'll cut back on like... Please have a fucking press day or something. Yeah, have a press day. Maybe go back Jesus. to that yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. Um, That could be cool. It's so weird though because like the E3 was very much way ahead of the curve when it came to like cons. Like it really was the first sort of con that you wanted to get a ticket to because yeah. back in the day, you know, you could basically make a fake website right. or a blog or whatever and be like, yeah, I work for this place or I got credentials here. Um so you could sort of finesse it, but it's weird to me that I've, I've seen a bunch of different reactions to E3 and, and the fact that it might be ending soon or whatever. And I've, I've been seeing even like journalists say like, this is a bummer for me because, you know, and, and, to, and to a degree, I agree. Like um, they're basically saying like, oh, this it's, it's a huge, it's, yeah. it's a sad day because I remember looking forward to um, E3 as this sort of stamp of I you know I officially made it I would look forward to coming to this thing it was a dream for me and I Absolutely. finally did I hate that that's being taken away from people but I also feel like good I feel like this should it kind of should go away in some degree like um 
I don't know. I, I just feel like it's weird that I, I've been in a weird headspace lately, especially about games and, and you know, the games industry trademark uh, that we sort of cover on a, on a weekly basis. And like, there's a very clear divide about people who still sort of see these things as, you know, throwaway toys and, um, you know, fucking happy meal toys that yeah. you throw in there. Like that, those are the people who like, again, I've, who fuck it was it this week that said, you know, keep, Game should be apolitical. That oh fucking, my uh, god! I saw what's that. his fucking name? Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw. I ignored that. Shit. I scroll right past. <laughs> Yo, same I'm here. Spam. <laughs> yeah, where I like don't show hide these <laughs> yeah, kinds hide of stories. Yeah, hide those kind of bullshit. Because like that's the thing, right? It's like you have, and then you also have, uh, you know, the fucking what's his name, Cliffy B, talking about. Oh, I made. Uh, yeah lawbringers too woke or whatever it's like shut your <laughs> stupid ass up like we have fucking you know, apex. my politics are just way beyond yeah yeah up. we should have just kept it you know <laughs> kept it real like a yeah, game right. oh, uh God. shut your corny ass up uh but yeah like we we still have that mentality right and then there's obviously like and you know there's there's a there's a clear line when when you're talking about these things like if i'm talking about the fucking political and social implications of sonic the hedgehog movie then i'm like all right maybe you know <laughs> chill the fuck out a little bit so there's a there's a balance right right but there's also like the other half of us who who see games for what they could be what they yeah. are a lot a lot of times or very few and far between um ways in which again like even looking at dreams or or certain games where you're like man these, this thing has so much potential mm-hmm. it can say so much and you know whatever whatever um and i think that like it's weird that our the biggest event all year for games is like a week long of commercials right and yeah. it's like that's the biggest night of the year for games and if it's not that it's like here's an award show with a bunch of commercials for <laughs> games so i remember like yeah. i remember definitely feeling like that like you know getting the okay to go to e3 yeah and then but my the reality was like broken when i got there it was a letdown a huge letdown yeah like it was just like i mean even that fucking the xbox conference like oh shit i could have stayed at the hotel, bro. Yeah, big time. <laughs> we did meet Jeff Knott of those. That no, was right. No, yeah, of yeah, course. There's, there's, mo- there's going to be moments like that. And I think that's what people go for. Just be amongst the, you know, the gaming world and shit. Like, see yeah. all your favorite YouTubers and all that shit. That's yeah, cool. Like, yeah. yeah, of course, that's cool. You're going to miss that. But I think that it ultimately is not super effective. Or your favorite fucking podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> the optional <podcast>. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Um, yeah, no, I think... Uh, I think it's sad, but I also think it's like in a part, a big part of me is also like good riddance. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those sadistic people that likes to go and, and chase down the, just to see it firsthand up close with my own eyes to see like the madness and, and the, the weird problematic shit. Like the, the there's still a booth with booth babes yeah, and throwing energy drinks yeah, at people. Monster. It's like, oh, and people are like fucking bass fish fucking <laughs> mouths wide open waiting for energy drinks to be flung fucking at their mouths t-shirt and shit. oh god so like that shit is still kind of cringy but um there is sort of a an excitement to being like on the ground and walking around and yeah. like at least when i went last year too it was fun to see other like you know people who cover games and actually get to meet people who have who've I'd admired for years at this point like people from you know waypoint uh polygon all these other different sites and being like, wow, I've seen you so much, but like, Hey, shake your hand. So that's kind of cool. But I also think like for the average folks who want to go and like, don't have all the appointments, they have to wait five hours to play five minutes of fucking Wolfenstein or whatever. It's like, seriously, do you want to do that? Like, can't you just wait till a demo pops up or look at the coverage online or look at the trailers? Some people live to 
get online, man. And yeah, I don't know. I have, <laughs> a lot, I have a lot of thoughts about E3. Maybe we'll cover it if we eventually get there. But yeah, um, it's like our the Daniel Caesar bar. It's like I don't pay for clothes. I don't get online, man. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just share one? Actually, I had a really fun uh, memory the other day where I'm usually pretty easygoing, calm yeah, guy. Absolutely. I, I tend to not fly off the handle. Um, but back in my streetwear uh, videography days, uh, when I was working for a magazine, I, I went to this pop-up event and, um, <laughs> it, I remember going to the front door, like knocking on the door and there was a line like down the block and this dude right at the front of the line, he must've been there since like, who knows when? <laughs> and he was like, hey, yo, 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 it was a line. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay. And I looked at him and like, they opened the door and like, come on in. Cause they knew I was coming. Walked right in, and I, you know, I tend to not like flaunt it, like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. So I walked in, I took my photos, like, you know, I was with, I think I was with a writer, talked to them for a bit. They handed me mad shit, <laughs> like bags worth of stuff, and then I left, like, with bags full of stuff, and like they were still closed, like they were still not opened yet. But like, yeah, just, what I'm saying basically is, uh, be nice to people. Who yeah, are seriously, working there because you never know. I would have given him the free some free shit if he yeah, wasn't dick to like, me. Uh, be nice, everyone, is what I'm saying. Um, all right, our, our last story is uh, Ubisoft reveals a Surprise Division 2 expansion, Warlords of New York, that is designed to revive the game. Taking this from Kotaku. Uh, I actually like did a video in collaboration with Steven on this thing, but I brought this up because I was curious to get your take on it, being Mr. Divish. Divish. Senor Divish. Um, <laughs> that's what they call me. That's what they call you out here. So there's a new Coney Island thing that I think... Is already out. I think it's two mission Coney Island thing that came out. I think earlier this week. Is it actually out? Yeah, I think it came out on Wednesday or something like that. Okay. And then there's a a, a bigger expansion called so that uh, you know very famously brings the game back to New York City, specifically Brooklyn. Right. Um, they just avoided all of North Brooklyn. Oh and yeah, Queens. They, don't give a like, fuck. they were like, oh, uh, just whatever. Put, they don't want to go in Wyckoff. Where's the theme park? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they went to Coney Island, but the uh, Warlords of New York expansion takes the, the the fight back to New York, but also to Lower Manhattan. So it, I think it covers like pretty large neighborhoods. So it covers the financial district, covers parts of Chinatown, um, two bridges. I think some parts of Tribeca. So which, it's like which that. is dope. A lot of lot of ground to cover because they only went from. Where did they stop in the first game? Was it was it fourteenth? It was probably like fourteenth. Was like one of the lowest yeah. parts you can get to. Because I remember it was like near um, what are those like apartment complexes? Yeah, on yeah, the east side. On, the, on the east side. Yeah, I and remember being like t- to the west. They did Chelsea. Yeah, so that that makes yeah. sense. Like Fourteenth Street was like the last place you yeah. can go to. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of cool to see this part of the you know city rendered again because that was the coolest fucking shit. I yeah. think that's what the DC one was missing it was like dc's cool yeah, yeah but like no one wants to see a dirty dc yeah yeah let's be real yeah, yeah. <laughs> new york doesn't seem that bad in the post-apocalypse because it's always dirty yeah yeah yeah. so yeah this one's interesting too because they, they uh <clears throat> we've gotten some footage sent to us beforehand of like these beautiful almost like dreams like these like these landscape shots really slow dolly shots in of like the brooklyn bridge just completely destroyed parts of like fi die just on fire and like um, you know, Chinatown and, and two bridges and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is this is actually interesting because um, I think it sort of takes place... Well, the Coney Island expansion, I believe, takes place right after the end of the first game. And then okay. the Warlords of New York expansion sort of moves time forward, I think, eight or nine months, if I remember correctly. And uh, no longer snowy out. There was a hurricane that came by, so it's all like wet and underwater. Yeah. So um, 
and they have plans on making it like a you know actual service game where they're like releasing seasons and and content on a regular basis. We'll see how that goes. But um, I was curious to see like what you thought being a, a Division Two player in the past. If you have any intention on coming back? Oh, absolutely! Like nice. as soon as this news came out, I was like, I got the when I you know put my bat signal out to the guys, and they were like, "Fuck off! We're not playing that game anymore." <laughs> Literally, uh, shout out to Bo. He was like, "No, I don't want to play that game." Um, <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Like more division is, is a good thing. Uh, you know, more ways for people to play. Cause I just hope they make it a little bit more accessible. I think it has the destiny problem mm. when you're playing a service game or any MMO. Like if you don't have a squad to play with, it's really hard to get into, man. Or like, where do I go? What do I yeah. What, what do, do I do? How do I even just start? Like, where do I go? <laughs> like, cause they like, you want to play with the new weapons and stuff like that, but you got to do all this shit with a team just to even get the thing or, yeah. you know, to farm some shit. Or like even sometimes when I play Destiny uh, uh, with you or someone, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, make sure you do this. I'm like, oh, oh what? what? <laughs> I never fucking knew that. Are you serious? I have like 30 of these things. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, but I, I'm happy for it. I, I, I'm a big champion of the division. I think the idea of it is really cool. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not political at all. But not at all. So so that's one of the ga- those games, you know, it's not political and it can be set in the real world. Right, right. Have all these things totally about class fine. and all this shit. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I'm not going to lie. Nice. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Seeing some of the footage of uh, the lower Manhattan stuff, I'm like... Ooh, yeah, bring me back home, baby. I want to see that. Although like one of the first missions was like, we're going to go through a prison. And I was like, oh, oh fucking man, Tom here Clancy we go again. shit. God yeah. damn it. Bring out the cleaners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's like a gang or a faction called like... The Rikers, yeah, the crew Rikers, or some yeah. shit. And she's like the leader is like that woman <sighs> that you kill in the first game. God damn it! It's not, it's not a problem. Not, not yeah, not problematic at all. Just gonna close my, uh, cover my ears, close my eyes, and uh, la, also la, la, la. Rikers not closed yet. All right. Anyway, yeah, right. What happened there? <laughs> what happened in this future Jesus. where Rikers not closed? Cool. Uh, all right. Moving into questions. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email. Remember, that was electronic mail directly to us at questions at the-optional.com or you can drop them into our Discord's questions channel, which, by the way, has been taking off recently. Yeah, shout out. We've got like 10 new members and they're all great. (laughs) So good. Thank you to everyone who just joined recently. Um, Folks, with you. Word. Or if you're brave enough, like Danny was this week, said it with his chest. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Sent us a voice message on the Anchor app. Uh, you can do that by going to our anchor profile at, or you can just go to anchor.fm slash the optional podcast.com. I think you can, or the optional podcast, you can probably find a way to do it on online yeah, as well. Absolutely. All right, cool. So Bo, again, shout out to Bo this shout week. Bo. This Man, two my fucking boy, shout outs. That's enough. Enough of that. Uh, <laughs> Bo's first question, one of two asks, he asks, how much do you think next gen consoles will cost and how much are you willing to pay? So there was that the leak recently that was Sony trying to make it under, they're struggling to make it under 450. So it's probably going to be at least 450 plus the tech, plus baby. tech. Yeah, depending on where you are might want to buy it in Delaware yeah, yeah, um, yeah but yeah or off the back of a truck you never know <laughs> you never know um yeah I mean look I'm at a stage in my life where I'm fortunate enough to afford a $500 console you know you just did you just, you just fucking hey, relax. dropping that relax flex. got that X relax <laughs> that um, flex <laughs> I bought the. <laughs> I was bu- I bought that shit on sale. I think. Anyway, <laughs> I don't got no money. I'm broke, baby. Yeah, don't come back. Don't have. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, that's a lot of money. But it seems like I don't think we're gonna get away with 
paying anything less than four fifty to five hundred dollars. Yeah. And if they're not gonna lower it, then that's what I'm willing to pay. I think they're gonna do the the Microsoft approach of um here's the Xbox Series X. This bitch is six hundred dollars. Yeah. If you really fucking if, if you're, you're really gamer, about that bro, shit, yeah. Yeah. I'll, we take cards, cash, <laughs> PayPal, we take yeah, fucking cashier's checks. We take EBT, everything, whatever Absolutely. you want, we take it. What sucks is well not this is not what sucks. I think they're also going to be like, but if you want to play those same games, yeah, here's a slim, here's an X, yeah, here's the S, like you know, it's it's kind of what they tried to do with the 360, but they couldn't do the like, the backwards thing as right. well. And I think also X Cloud is going to be a real big boon to them, which I didn't really factor into the equation until last December when Steve and my boss we were doing the state of console games, and he was like, yeah, can you imagine um, if you already own an Xbox, and they're like, you can play Xbox Series X quality games now with your current device. I was like, oh, oh shit. I didn't even consider that. Right. That's actually mind blowing. Could be fucking dope. Could be dope. But if you want to get that, that local rendering juice. Yeah, word. You better, better cough it up. <laughs> cough that shit up. You broke. Uh, um, yeah. And then they'll, like you said, they'll have the broke boy edition and that's it. I think the most I'm willing to pay is, uh, I don't know. I'm stupid. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm stupid. I'm, I'm stupid. Yeah. Um, I might, I, I don't mind waiting for things. True. You know, like I'm not no, necessarily, I'm you're an early adopter. I'm early adopter sure, yeah. like a muff. Um, but it, I mean, if whatever they, you know, whatever has the best thing, that's what I'll probably buy at launch. And then I'll get the, the other console. Yeah. I just bought an Xbox and they've been treating me really well lately. But PlayStation's been killing it. So we never know, man. Never wherever know. the wherever the the content is, that's where I'm at. The most I'm willing to pay though is six hundred dollars. So I'll just leave it at that. Oh yeah, because I'm stupid. And I I mean, you're talking to somebody who just bought a VR headset. Why? Because <laughs> why? Why not? I guess I've spent way more money on stupid things. Yeah, that Although, weren't electronics. But this year's gonna be tough though, because we got like weddings. I and was we talking got, to G uh, about this yesterday. We were, I was like, this is gonna be a rough financial be year. Tight. I'm, oh, heads up. I'm not going to be here next week. Oh, shit. <laughs> there might not be a show next week. All right. All right we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you. We'll try posted. to we'll figure it out. Um, um, but yeah, it's like oh, I'm spending a lot of fucking money this year already. <sighs> yeah, I know. Bruh. Yeah, we, I mean, we're trying to plan a trip. Like I a got a trip. Vacation. Or... Yeah, we got a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Anyway, uh, anyway, next question. How much time do you invest in a game show or movie for it to hook you? What is the point where you drop something? I, I like if it's a show, I give it um, two, three episodes. Same. Uh, if it's a movie, I watch it all the way through. Same. Um, it's two hours, you know. Yeah. If it's a game, that depends. I might hit the dashy next. <laughs> next. Um, I have no qualms about dropping games. So I'm getting better at it. If it's like, I'll look on like online and see what people are talking about. Like, yo, it opens up after this chapter. I might try to get to that chapter. But like, like I said with The Witcher, like I got to the thing that people loved and I was like, still not into it. So I kind of dropped it. At. Dude, it took me two times to come to yeah, peace. You, <laughs> with the fact that it's just not for you. It's not for me. I'm, so, I'm just going to read the books or some I, shit. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's my thing. It's like, whatever people say that's the moment, that's what I'll try to get to. Mm. Yeah, because like... Even playing uh, Persona 5, which mm-hmm. so many people told me to play. That's a hard. Yeah. That's a time sink. They told me, like, give it 10 hours. <laughs> what? Excuse me? And I got to the 10-hour mark, and I was like, okay, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm good. And, like, yeah, I feel like you. I'm like, 
if the shit doesn't get me within five hours, we got to talk. We have to talk. Yeah. Because even um, Death Stranding, which I loved 85% of, I'm going to keep saying that. Right. Uh, the first 85% of, that took a while to get started too. But like, sometimes it re, like, if you really mm-hmm. are caping for it and I trust your, and I value your opinion, I'll then I'll like stick time. it around. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Cause I, I almost quit a couple times with Outer Wilds and that wound up being my favorite game of last year. That was a lot of people's favorite game. Yeah, word. Um, all right, cool. Uh, next up, we got Storm Wolf from the Discord who asks, which game genre do you find the most inspiring uh-huh. and why? That's such a hard uh, question. I think it's pretty easy for me. What do you got? Just walking simulators. You like those? Yeah, like Edith Finch. Yeah, that's um, true. What's the other one? I mean, like, uh, what's the other one where you're in the house and uh, you're like your sister ran away or something like that? Gone home. Gone home. All those kind of all those kind of games usually hit me in a way that I'm like, Ooh! or like <laughs> indie platforming games. Like I just recently played. Um, So bad at remembering Coffee names. Talk. No, it Ghost, was a good. Arise, um, arise, a simple story. Arise, like it's like journey, like those kind of games. Gotcha. Like, oh yeah. man, I guess those are most effective at like conveying story and feelings and shit because they are like slow burns and they get to dive into characters and stuff. Like, uh, what's the one with the girl who has time traveling powers? Life is strange. Life is strange. Whatever that genre is, is, cool, is dope. I guess that's a walking sim, kind of. Yeah, in some ways. In some ways, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, think... Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not... I don't know what inspires me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think people inspire me in their actions. Mm. Games, not so much. Oh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if someone can, can convey why they love a game, that will inspire me. Oh, I see. Like, I if see. you were talking about walking sims, and it, I, I'm sure you can, you know break it down into why I'll be like, Oh shit. Yes, I agree. Mm. But I'm not necessarily like, I, I can enjoy the shit out of something like Edith Finch. You, you guys already know. I fucking yeah, you love that jerk game. to that game. <laughs> oh so <my laughs> don't get uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> boner. The, the, the the large nut. Uh, <laughs> that's a dragon. That's dog a dragon's movie. dogma reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. What was I talking about? Uh, Edith Finch. No, no, I was just talking about like, you know, like I get, I like games a ton and I'll, but I don't know if inspiring is the word though. Yeah, well, I think, um, well, I mean, for me, Tetris Effect right. inspired the heck out of me um, because, you know, there's so many songs in there that have actual lyrics or, or like meaningful stories being told in the background. And like people were surprised to find out that like what story, you know, Tetris has a story and it, it's not really like a, you know, um, a classic story with the beginning, middle and end. It's more of like a, uh, just sort of a statement that unfolds to you over the course of, you know, three or four hours. You know what oh, so oddly inspires me? Um, fighting games. Oh, interesting. Like the, the battle between two people and like skill and oh, that's mechanics good. and all that stuff. It's like the, it's like a fight. It's like, it's like yeah. a real, like it's like a boxing match. It's like, oh, he overcame the bracket and like yeah. you know what i'm saying like we came back from the losers yeah, bracket. yeah exactly yeah. like that shit's inspired the entirety of the fgc and stuff like that so like i guess fighting games yeah why not that's a good we got one there that's a good one you did there. it man. You thought did it. It out. nice um our next question comes from snow ocelot that is a cool name in the discord wow we got storm wolf and snow ocelot they you guys are like fight. metal gear <laughs> fucking characters you need to snipe each other in a fucking parking For lot sure. or some shit. um <laughs> 
Uh, they ask what games would be better if they had an animal companion and would what would that animal be? Mm. That's, good, that's a good ass question, dog. Dragon's Dogma with a dog? No, that's not good. No, nah, that wouldn't be good. You would I could, it could, it could be like a like a you should be able to like capture some animals. Add another layered because that game is like every game, right? It's yeah. like it's every game in one. And it does it better than all those other games. Right, so right. they should do like a Pokemon aspect where you can tame a, a dragon you know, or, or a dragon. And then it's like. Wow. So it's going to be the dragon's dog pa. Oh, man. <clears throat> man. See, I dog? need Natalie to be here so we can <laughs> boo you in unison. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. That was great. Yo, right. Everyone write in. Let me dragon's know how great that dog dragon. pa. <clears throat> Get out of here, bro. Um, yeah, I would say uh, dragon's dogma for sure. Yeah. Um, what would make a what's a good man? No man's guy. No man. Well, you kind of no, you could. can rent. Yeah. yeah, you kind of could. You can kind of like ride that. an animal. Yeah. Companion though, bless you. Thank you. You won't do it today. No, or I think Belgian sneeze. I know, right? I do think no man's guy could have like a a dog that comes with you. It, it can mine for you, like a weird animal that like give him give yeah, him feed him like, shit poop yeah, out of mineral. Yeah, but he also he can help me like whenever the fucking little crab things come by, yeah, like, just eat him, fucking Arr. eat him up, <laughs> get him, get his ass. Uh, what's that? Remember that game? It was like a, it was like um, what's that fucking game? It was dude had a, a, a dead to rights. Okay, remember dead to rights? Mm-hmm. Oh, he had a dog. Yes, but like I want that for Shenmue. Wow. I want him to have like a fucking dog DLC. Yeah. Or like a oh dope cat because it was a cat in the game you could feed it dried um dried calamari and shit if yakuza could have a dry squid the chicken that comes with you the, the real estate oh chicken oh my god what a genius fucking <laughs> god i could talk about yakuza for fucking days oh my god yakuza would a fucking chicken bro any sega game with a companion yeah for sure um all right cool and then our final question for the week comes from danny danny take it away Hey, what's up, Paul and Cam? This is Danny. Uh, I was listening to Split Screen the other day, and I was really interested uh, to hear Paul say when he was talking about his video about Journey to the Savage Planet that um, he didn't always think about stuff like the context and history of the word savage and that at a certain point in his life, like I think he said, the switch just flipped on in his head and, you know, it just changed his worldview and, like, he couldn't not see things in that certain light. Um, and like, for me as someone who didn't really have to wrestle with questions about like my own ethnicity or or background, uh, until I was in college, like I can pinpoint the exact pieces of media and the exact moments where I first started to have to think about that stuff and where the switch first flipped for me. So I'm curious with you guys, like if that wasn't something that was ingrained in you from early on, what were the first moments or the first pieces of media that really flipped that switch for you? That's a great question. That's a good ass question. Great question. We had a similar question uh, not too long ago, but I think for me, um, I can't really pinpoint the, the time, but it was definitely when I moved out of my parents' home. Um, like at a young age, my mom and I would have a lot of conver- adult conversations uh, when I was like really young from like eight years old all the way up. Like we would have like our tea time. And we would just sit and talk about life and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she would make me aware of the world and how it would treat me and stuff like that. So I was aware of that aspect, but games never really, it never really hit that way. I think in college, 
when uh, the first ones I can really think about that like made me like perk my ears up like, oh, this is could be a problem. I don't know why people are so mad at it. Let me dive in more was the no Russian mission for, yeah. you know, for uh, Call of Duty 2, I think it was. Modern Warfare, Warfare 2. 2 yeah. um, that was like the one I can remember, remember. Before that, maybe it was like hot coffee from yeah, wow, well, yeah. You know, like I remember people talking about it. I'm like, it's just a fucking it's just boning. Yeah, it's just boning. <laughs> but it was like one of those things where you're like, why is this hitting a nerve with some people, and sure. that were in the coverage. It wasn't like old people talking about video games are violent. It was them diving deeper into why this was pretty problematic sure. and stuff like that. Um, so I think it was like around that time, like right after college, I moved. Um, closer to the city and to, to Brooklyn and just introducing myself to meeting a bunch of new people and just changing. I don't know the way I ingest media in general. Right, right. It's like thinking more deeply about movies and more deeply about video games that I was playing. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean if I like this thing? What does it mean if I'm just like kind of complacent in this thing? Right, what does that right. mean? Like having somebody like, call you on some shit and you're like oh Word. shit i had no fucking idea yeah, like my bad <laughs> like God yeah damn. no but those are moments you need though you need Word. somebody to pull your coat and just be like yo that's not it and i think you know those can be awkward but i think it's for the better oh yeah um, big time but I, I really can't really pinpoint pinpoint it to yeah i think but the, it definitely was around like 2011 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure it was very very recently for me i mm-hmm. mean I, I again like danny refers to I, I talked about it on split screen where yeah for me it was definitely within the past decade or so because i sure. mean i think much like you are saying it happened to me around the same sort of time where i've always been more of a late bloomer i've, I've always i also always try to not come off as like an expert in anything mm-hmm. and i tend to like that tends to be you know a double-edged sword in some ways because sometimes people want the expert who knows the you know and, and I, I i get that but also for me i'm more interested in like asking questions and learning from people than i am of like explaining things to people like i hate being um, or I hate feeling like I'm, I don't have much to learn from folks in a room. I, a lot of, even my close friends, I'm always like anxious or excited to learn from them. And like, mm-hmm. Oh, what do you have to tell me today? Like what, right. you know, they work in different fields and they, they, you know, they like different things. Some of my closest friends don't even play any games. They play very little games, which is always such a fucking breath of fresh air where I'm For like, sure. what books have you read? What, you know, what museums have you gone to? So I think for me, the turn was going to film school where like film school for me was uh, a thing, a choice I made where I wanted to dissect films after taking a couple like film classes and also a high school teacher telling me one time, why don't you go to film school? I never considered it. I never thought that that was a possibility or it could be a possibility for me. In a lot of ways, it almost wasn't because I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. I just took all the loans out. So, you know, my parents aren't super, super wealthy. There's no college fund or, you know, they weren't paying for my rent and stuff. So, um, I wasn't fortunate in that way, but um, I was fortunate in the sense that going to film school taught me how to critically analyze pieces of art in ways that I'd never really thought about before. And I was lucky because I transferred from a two-year school. I still had to take four years of, of classes, again, late bloomer. So um, I took a bunch of different classes in like cartooning, graphic design, photography, a bunch of different things, like even some uh, like criticism and stuff like that. So I learned a lot about how to, a lot about the creative process in general, right. but also like what film school taught me more than anything was here's why you're responding to this scene. And it's like, so I guess to like, this might be a bit of a spiel, but um, like 
you understand the way films work because mm-hmm. film is a language. You you understand what a two shot is. You understand what an over the shoulder shot means. You know what a low angle means. You know what a dolly in means. You know all these different techniques and editing techniques, filming techniques, lighting techniques, um, genres and stuff. You know what those all mean because you've watched them before and you've seen them play out. So you know what from to expect, ex- yeah right. what to expect from example. What I think a lot of times people don't take into account is again, like I said earlier in the show, is like the creative process, at least from the origin, how it turns from words on a page to what we're watching on screen. And for me, it was a lot of that, a lot of dissecting what directors were trying to say, trying to trying to like hypothesize what directors were trying to say, because we'll never really know unless we're inside their heads. And Facts. even when they say that they like, it was about X, Y, and Z, they probably also are conveniently letting leaving out some reason why they decided to, make this movie or whatever. So like you're trying your best to sort of understand what they were trying to say, but you're also taking the work for what it is at face value. And then, and then some, you're trying to like understand why they chose this song, why they chose this, whatever. So um, for me, it was definitely uh, learning that, but then also having to do it myself, having to be like, what do, what do I want to do? And a lot of times in film school, you'll see like film students basically just emulating Tarantino or emulating, you know, for me, it was like Fincher. I love David Fincher, yeah, especially sure. when I was when I was younger. Um, just sort of exploring the the perverted side of people, and like I'm, I've always been fascinated by that. Uh, Susio gang, but um, <laughs> also just like so. Once you sort of stop emulating, and then you start creating from a per, more personal place, and you're starting to like. I mean, it, it still happens today, where like the Journey to the Savage Planet video, for example, was me sort of going out of my way and and talking about a thing that affected me personally and like kind of putting myself out there and more vulnerable in some ways. And once you understand that perspective, then you can start to see other pieces of art um, and sort of criticize them mm. and, and sort of tease them, uh, unravel them in ways where you're like, oh, okay, I understand it. I understand it better. I, here's where I think it did really amazing things. And here's where I think it kind of faltered. Here's where I think, you know, it, it might be a little generic or it might be regurgitating some stuff. Here's where it, sometimes it could be problematic, but you also don't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't say because the game journey to the savage planet had the word savage in it, it must be burnt and right, it must be like course. destroyed. I wasn't saying that at all. I think that's when this, the, the switch flipped for me, especially one time uh, in a class, actually, this might actually be the exact moment the, the, switch flipped in my head we had to do uh well i chose to do my paper on well, i think it was assigned to us but we had to do a, like a super long paper uh i forget how many it was like eight or ten pages on um which is actually not that that's long. not that bad yeah <laughs> Try, i'm trying to remember yeah it was but but it was all about um breaking down die hard mm. the first die hard and learning about how that movie in so many ways is very xenophobic. It's very racist. Oh, it's, it's super sexist. And it's like, and I love that movie till this day. I, I still kind of like that movie. I, I enjoy it. If it's on, I'll watch it. But then you start to like understand who plays second fiddle, who, who is the hero, who are the villains, you know, like Nakatomi Plaza, yeah. where are these real evil guys from, you know, there's the maid, there's the cop who's black, like there's the, the limo driver, the limo driver, who's black, yeah. yeah, who's like, you know, over the top and mm-hmm. problematic. And you start to really tease that stuff out and you're like, oh shit, this is actually kind of fucked up in some ways. So I think that's when this 
switch flipped in my head and then I extended it to other things. I extended it to music. I extended it to comic books, books, you know, games especially where the games I think for the the longest time have been, you know, promoted and and made and sold as toys. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was like, I think video games has a hard uh, road ahead. I mean, I think now they're start, we're starting to dive into the weeds of like, yo, this is still, these are made by adults. These are, you know, consumed by adults. It's, a, it's an adult media as well, but it was always marketed as a toy, as a, as a play thing. So it's not yeah. necessarily important. Right. I right. think that subconsciously is just in your head. It's like, of course, it's just a game, guys. Relax. Yeah, relax I think yeah. a lot of people still think that way. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. But that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's I, and I think dope. to your point also, it's like. Look at the people that we're still interviewing and we're getting sound bites from, right? The guy who said, I still can't, was it Tim Sweeney? Who who, who said that shit? Uh, oh, about the, the political shit? Yeah, like games should yeah. be. Um, I saw it on um, Twitter, but I, I just literally. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to look it up now. Oh God, I'm getting ad blocker things. Nope, gonna just close <laughs> this tab. So yeah, I think, um, well, my, my point was, look at, look at Cliffy B, that guy even some of the people that still write and cover games and like, again, I hate to bring it up, but I'm gonna bring it up. A large part of the people who have been the most vocal, the most prominent in these positions of like game directors and and creators and developers, even members of the media all tend to be, you know, heterosexual white guys. And it's like when those are the folks covering it, making it, being the most vocal about it, you tend to sort of get a perception of who the larger audience could be. Right. And that's what, that's something that I've always like sort of bucked against because I like me and all my friends, right. we're not all yeah, heterosexual right. white right. guys. Exactly. Um, even the friends who I've made after school and, and, you know, even in, in this industry so far, like we're, we don't look like that. We're not, we're not made up like that. And I think to go back to his question, this is like, all right, once you understand that, you understand the perspective of not only who's creating these games, but who's sort of who are who who's covering these games with with the with the blind spots, with the with the with the uh the horse blinders, blinders yeah. on. Like, oh, you didn't catch the fact that Savage could be problematic in your review. Mm-hmm. I could see why that happened. Or you didn't cat I mean, I might even not catch something in something like Coffee Talk, for example, which I'm sure I didn't right. about LGBTQIA folks. And I'm like So you ex- expand shit. your your thing and you're like, all right. Like you said before, you were saying, oh, uh, you want to just get your own thoughts first and then you'll dive out and sp- spread out and, you know, start looking at other people's perspectives on this thing. And then you can sh- therefore like choose to be like, oh shit, did I even consider, notice that? Yeah, yeah did I even yeah. consider that? And then you can accept it or deny it, whatever you want to do. But I think that even just going that far, I don't think a lot of people do. Right. Um, and, and I... I understand too. Yeah. I understand the folks who are like, look, I mean, my brother's recently told me like, I don't want to have to think about that. I just want to play this game. Absolutely. And I, and I get it. Like no one wants to, again, no one wants to hear my <laughs> fucking ramble about like, if I were to see Sonic and be like, well, actually this was problematic. Like, I just have a hard time. Like, especially now, like I'm not trying to be like, um, you know, like anybody's dad or, you know, this like, uh, sheriff on anything good, everything that I think is right and stuff. But I, I have such a hard time of not mentioning. I don't want to correct anybody, but I sometimes I have to. Like I had to do this shit the other day at work. Uh, <laughs> someone said some really foul shit, and I was like, "Listen, this is what I think. 
I think you maybe are framing it in the wrong way. Mm. It was a very uncomfortable moment, but I was like, if I don't say anything right now, no one's going to say it. It literally like stopped the entire room what this person said. And I was just like, listen, I'm maybe not the person to be speaking for what you just said, but I have to give you my perspective because that shit is not a way to live, bro. Yeah. It happens. It happens with our friends sometimes. It was. Too. It just felt also. It was like, yo, don't say that shit around me. What do you? What do you think of me? That right. you think that you can say that shit around me? Right. I, it was just one of those moments. I was like, fucking. It's gross. <laughs> I was. I was like mad, but I was like, all right, let me approach this in a yeah. civil way. But like, because I don't. I don't I think it was an innocent thing, but I do think it was just like a set in ways thing. I think. Yeah. And the person was very receptive. He was like, I. I never seen it that way. And I was just like, it's just an just an opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you also said something really profound earlier too. Whereas, like, once I started to meet more folks from different yeah. walks of life, I think that also that really, really impacted changed me. me. Yeah, same. Because I like, I started meeting people that again around around the time of school, where like I was becoming really good friends with like you know gay people, right. bi people, you know lesbian folks, and like you know trans people and i was like learning their experiences and learning what words to maybe avoid because you know they were nice enough to be like hey maybe try not to use this word or like talk about this this that's happened to me yeah shit yeah it was one of those things like oh i didn't even realize like i had no no one warned me like you know no one told me like i'm sorry you know that type of thing yeah but it was one of those things like all right yeah the thing the words you say and things that you see are important Right, right, yeah, yeah. And it hit people different ways. Big time. And it it always makes me, uh, my last point will just be like, it always makes me realize the people who are like telling on themselves, mm-hmm. like the, the most racist, the most problematic <laughs> folks are always yeah. like, wow, you just need more black friends. You just yeah, need more, you right. need more like, seriously, like gay friends. You need more people of color in your life. Like you just need more exposure to people because you, you're telling on yourself by all this problematic shit you're saying, I can take a guess at what the makeup of your, you know, community looks like. And you might want to sort of fucking diversify yeah. your bonds, motherfucker. It's one of those things. I saw something really dope. Uh, a friend of mine on Instagram posted some really dope thing. But the gist of it was, you know, uh, we tend to surround ourselves with like, you know, people we're alike. And when you dive out of that, you definitely want to not just, you know, surround yourself with different folks just to say you surround yourself with different folks, but like, yo, I have a black friend, I have a gay friend. It's like, you should be wanting to learn. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Big like time. you find people you vibe with, you know, personality wise, and then you go deeper into like who they are, why they are, you know, where they're coming from, the perspectives and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's where you should, why you should surround yourself with these people. And I think that you'll get a lot out of it. You know? Yeah. For I real. don't know. Big time, big time. It was really cool. Stop playing Fortnite with your fucking racist 14-year-old cousins Look, long and shit. story short, watch fucking Die Hard. Yeah, watch Die Hard. <laughs> It'll change your life. The movie of our generation. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Jumping into Feeling It. Feeling It is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing. Um, yeah, so YouTube is a thing I frequent. Oh, man. Um, Same here. Like and subscribe. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Roast Me is a show... Uh, uh, produced by the all deaf digital cast and they do a bunch of videos and uh, they do like the, the, con- I don't know what they where they like compare like what the better food mm-hmm. is or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forgot what that's called, but they have a show it's called, called roast me. Yeah. Something like that. They have a show called roast me where these, all these dudes and uh, women too, uh, they get into this classroom and they just literally 
make fun of each other. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's all voluntary. It's all like everybody's per- willing participant. So it's not bullying and stuff like that. So, you know, don't just roast people just to roast them. Yeah, yeah. Make that, sure that's bullying. Yeah, that's bullying. You just make sure they, they're in it. But it is some of the funniest shit. So they'll have like comedians come on and they'll be ruthless, oh, man. It's, it's, it's very problematic. Don't get me Super wrong. Super problematic. Super problematic. Um, but it's one of those things that like we were talking about like last week. Like I love a lot of problematic things. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Like, you have to be a willing participant in the, sure. the thing. It's like we all are in on the thing. So it, it's just it's just one of those shows that like take that as it is. I think it's hilarious, especially like in black culture, like yeah. roasting is like the dozens is what they used to call it um, is like a very major part of uh, black urban life and not just urban life, but just like, you know, it's just a way to like fight the pain. It's like, yeah, yeah, you laugh about it. You're, right? you're laughing about like these flaws and stuff and it they honestly make you feel more comfortable with, yeah. you know, that type yeah. of thing. It's I can't, like, I can't really like trust you if I can't roast yeah, you. Yeah, if like, I can't. <laughs> like, I mean, some of my closest friends, oh, man. I roast the shit out of them. Even like our friends, like oh, amongst God. ourselves, we like, we destroy each other. And every time I see Roman, <laughs> he's always making fun of me for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, always, it's just I one throw of him those, a DM yeah, like, exactly. you, you gonna wear those jeans for real? Wow, okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like this is in term of endearment and it's yeah. like amongst, you know, a lot of people. So, it's just it's just one of those things that's like near and dear to me and it's just one of those things that like when I was a kid it was a survival tool as well yeah you like, had to be funny you man. had to be funny you had to be witty you had to like not back down because yep. like people were trying to be mean but also like people were just trying to see if you could hang like yeah you know, type of thing. It, it's more of a thing of like you just said it's like can you make fun of yourself because right. like because if I laugh about it and then I go right back at you and it's like oh, all right okay, cool yeah, like, right. all right you're, yeah, you're, right. you're down because like Remember even like, you know, we used to, oh. it, it's in so many different parts of our, of our upbringing too, but like Absolutely. we used to watch like this, this, uh, what is this, snap DVDs, yeah, snap DVDs and, shit. and all this stuff. And like, um, even just like, I mean, even like battle rap and shit is just oh, basically yeah, roasting each other back and forth. Absolutely. And like, yeah, when, when we do it with our friends, it's always like gut busting. <laughs> like it's, it's really problematic at times yeah. where like, even like roast me, like the show you're, you're mentioning, which I, I've watched for forever. Yeah. I'll watch that occasionally just to like. Just to, if I'm having a bad day, I'll watch that. And just to see these guys who all clearly love each other, like go in at the worst stuff that oh, they like, possibly like, talk about acne. And, like, <laughs> yo, they talk about, like, <sighs> they had a dude on there, he was in a wheelchair, yeah. and they were going ham. Yeah. But he was shooting oh, back. So, so you're watching like old episodes. Yeah, I was watching, like, I haven't watched this in years, I guess. Wow, you like, have a was, lot like, of good but, stuff. Yeah, to I was just, for. so every day I just like watch an episode. They're like, not even 30 minutes long, like yeah. 20 minutes or so. Uh, but they're so funny, man. Yeah, so there's funny. a lot of like, again, problematic stuff in there. But if you can sort of like forgive it and overlook yeah, it, it it's, it's definitely like, you know, it's not for the squeamish at yeah, all. Yeah, definitely not for the squeamish. Um, but yeah, take it as you will. But I, I think it's 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 funny as shit. It is fucking shit. hilarious. It makes me want to be funny. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like even when yeah. uh, a friend of the show last week, Natalie, when she's in the office, oh. we'll fucking roast each other like nothing like yeah. it's like us saying hello to each other like oh <laughs> what's up like asshole yeah, right, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. so um yeah to me it's always been like that's why i've always like enjoyed uh whenever people uh we, there's like a tradition especially at, like geo or what used to be you know gmg and gawker uh, i think it was a, a jezebel thing originally but like they roast people who leave oh that's awesome and um I remember when Gita and Josh said they were leaving. I was like, <laughs> "Here we go, I'll do some push-ups." I was like, All right, I gotta roast these motherfuckers. So, um, yeah, it's it's just, it's fun. It's like the way I can just sort of like Absolutely. tell you, you know, love you. I love you, man. Yeah. But also, <laughs> take your fucking dusty ass out of here. Um, all right, cool. Mine is 
another YouTube series actually that I've, that I've like mentioned and referred to and, and I've talked about it a lot before, but I actually never really shouted it out before. It's called uh, The Cave. It's a, it's a YouTube series by a producer and, and his sort of creative team um, called Kenny Beats. And it's, uh, the, I think every episode is like 15, 20 minutes long or something like that. And the main premise of the show is he invites like all the hottest rappers to come on to, the, to, to come into his like little tiny studio where he has GoPros set up and mm-hmm. one dude with a camera. And um, they, they make the beat there. Like really quickly, he makes a beat just to sort of like warm them up. Then they go into the booth and then they like freestyle something either off the top of the head or maybe something that they've been writing as he's been making the beat. And like nine times out of 10, it's always like, pure magic it's, it's great it's incredible it's it's weird how kenny specifically can um get people to he can get the best out of people yeah like he can the way he like just kind of like pumps you up like oh just hop in real quick right like to, that type of thing is like oh I'm, I'm getting in there like it's right. like some double dutch shit it's like yo just jump already like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just go just go yeah, 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 right right and that's the thing i was talking about earlier with dreams where like for me this reminds me i'm always so obsessed with people's creative processes yeah. and this is Kenny Beats understanding. I've, I've like looked into his origin story and stuff, and he's like he's actually really brilliant. He, oh yeah, he used no, to be a DJ. A, yeah, he went to like UC Berkeley. And yeah, he went stuff. to like a really really great uh, music school, and like he knows how to play a bunch of different instruments. He's like he's a genius, mm-hmm. but he's also like a huge stoner. So what he used to do was like show up to people's shows with like a ton of weed and be like, hey, you want to like link up and smoke and then just hang out. So what he did originally was he would just befriend these folks. And then he'd be like, here are some beats. You want to come to the studio sometime? And that's how he be- befriended them over time. Mm-hmm. And you can sense that in the in the episodes where it's like, to him, he's like, no, we're just we're just making stuff. We're just making stuff. We're having fun. Right. We're just creating. Like there, there's no, I mean, now there's it's no like a- pressure to put it out. But right, right. And, and if it comes out super dope, then we're putting it out. <laughs> it, it, to me, what it feels like is, and this is kind of what I think, what I hope dreams becomes is like, it's like when you're cooking and you know how you like, you throw out the first you like scoop take yeah. a spoon and you like throw out a little bit of the first like that's what this is and it's like hey we're gonna document that but before we throw it out here's what it looks like okay now it's gone yeah so it's like shaking off the rust of these rappers i mean some of them a lot of them come in they smoke they get super zooted they go into the booth and it's like pure magic and it's hilarious it is hilarious yeah. it's like watching you know whatever it's like if i there was footage of somebody having Jimi Hendrix come by and then being like, yo, just go in there and just fucking jam. Just jam for a little bit? Just jam for a little bit. It's like, holy shit, there's like, you know, Vince Staples and Denzel Curry and like all these other like rappers I've never even heard about. Like people that I've got put on to too, like even just before the show or even on the show, like Rico Nasty, like Mm -hmm. seeing her on the show who I fucking adore. I think she's amazing. Um, Just from like a delivery perspective, I think she's so, so talented. But um it's so much fun. It's also like really fucking hilarious. There've yeah. been viral clips that have gone onto TikTok and yeah, absolutely. everywhere at Twitter. So you've, you've definitely seen parts of it. If, if not like, you know, if, if you're not already familiar with the show, but uh, it's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's called the cave. It's on, it's on YouTube. Just type in Kenny beats the cave. You'll yeah, find it's, it's a really good show. A million episodes. And just, you, you'll probably find a rapper you've heard of, or if not take this as an opportunity to, to, to learn <laughs> some of the new wave of rappers. coming oh, out yeah. Now. Really, really promising. Are- fucking talented so good um all right cool before we wrap up this lengthy show which i thought was gonna be a shorter yeah, show yeah we were like it's gonna be short but you guys <laughs> killed it today with the questions and stuff word man. thank you so much everybody uh how can the people find you online uh, you can catch me on twitter at cappy can't lose c-a-p-i-c-a-n-t-l-o-s-e uh instagram as well i'm um, same same name same brand everywhere hell yeah uh, what about you man i am uh Pauly Mayo. it's p-o-l-i-m-s and mario a-y-o you can find me on twitter and instagram and uh Twitch also. I'm, I've been streaming a lot 
lately. So yeah, and that's just been again for pure fun. Yo, shout out to your intro music. So you oh you put God. up two two videos yesterday uh, when you streamed. Oh no, it was like first I tried streaming and then there was no game audio. Oh okay. Then I then I stopped. Yo, shout out to Mo by the way. Mo, Mo, the fucking the sponsor. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I I couldn't get like my computer to work with my ps4 like the sound wasn't coming oh, through dude, i'm yeah. also using like a new capture card so then mo was like yo just stream from your playstation and i was like i forgot i could do that oh shit so i just streamed from my ps4 and it was so easy i was yeah. on the couch wirelessly <laughs> like i just had my my laptop out with the with the chat going so mo you saved the stream this week Shout um, out to mo, man. i'll probably do that more often it was so easy like, i don't care about like having fucking animations and like yo thanks for the the, the <laughs> yeah, bits word, bro yeah, i'm again i'm not streaming for any sort of like i'm not trying to turn it into a career so no. just pure creation but um all right thank you so much for listening this week if you have any questions or comments send them over to questions at the-optional.com we would love to hear from you yes we would oh my god please be sure to subscribe we're on itunes google play stitcher uh anchor and spotify again we're on a million things we're you know just subscribe yeah if you could please take a minute to rate and review the show on itunes though especially that would help us out so much it helps us get into other people's Man, algorithms and geez. shit um, please please and if you want to help the show even further you can head over to our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast where you can give us as low as a dollar a month we really really appreciate it. Oh, please please and our homepage is the optional podcast.com as you can also find the show share it with your friends as always we're on twitter at the optional nyc and our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L E V I P A C K. So, uh, yeah, until next time, everyone. Peace. Peace. Optional Podcast, hosted by Paul Tamayo and Cam Brewster. Video game commentary for the rest of us. 